Welcome, everybody. I'm your host, Kaylin Moorhead, with your other host, Cameron Luck. How's it going? Interesting to see you again, because I think today we're going to be talking about interview questions, interview tips, kind of following up on last week, what it's like to kind of go through the interview process as a designer. Yeah, you know, we just really wanted to take this chance to talk more about what goes into the whole interview process or start to at least have that discussion. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, a big part of that are behavioral questions. Another part that we want to talk to is like storytelling in your portfolio and how that's kind of actually really a huge component of how you want to present yourself uh, in order to, you know, start to break into the industry. Yeah, for sure. Because like, I think there's really two pieces that people are interviewing you and trying to understand your process on. It's around what your background is, what your projects are, what the process is, the hard skills. And then there's the presentation pieces. The We talked a little bit about branding or personality last week. Right, and then right. even the way that you communicate with stakeholders and things like that. So there's the soft skilled side a soft skills side as well. And I think it's kind of, I think people focus a lot on the hard skills, but they don't realize that a lot of design is the soft skills also. Yeah, it's definitely like the interpersonal relationship and uh, a lot of just like having to work across different work streams, work and through you know, different on different teams with different people and different roles. And as you get further and further into your career, you're talking with stakeholders, you're talking with users, you're getting design requirements from senior leadership. And, um, you know, there's a lot that goes into it, even beyond just your core technical skills. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Because like even presenting is measured differently from like person to person. Mm. Because if you're on a team, or you're going, you're interviewing for a team that may be presenting up to like, senior vice president levels, they're going to be measuring your presentation skills more so than your, maybe even your hard skills. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So like you don't really know where on the spectrum you're, you're being uh, measured unless you have more insight into those teams. So it's really good right. to have a strong background in both the hard skills and the soft skills to, to just make sure that you're selling yourself correctly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's one of the things that doesn't get talked about a lot when you're, you know, going through school is really is more about just like learning the hard skills and just like understanding. But like we've been saying, you know, a big part of this is how you can sort of handle yourself in a room, how you are able to like just deal with and interact with people and, you know, how you also like deal with conflict because there's always going to be problems that pop up and people who are going to be, you know, difficult and going to have different opinions and perspectives on how you handle some things. You know, we've seen it happen one way versus how you see it. And or we tried something like that and trying to sort of stick with the martial arts thing here, just judo <laughs> that energy, put it back at them and like, all right, cool. How do we incorporate your stuff? Back. Yeah. <laughs> I think that makes sense because like, I think there's really three topics that we're looking at today. It's going to be around the, t- the storytelling, like you were saying, like how do you, you tell the story of your portfolio pieces and an interview process. Then there's the presentation skills and things like that. But then lastly, you kind of are talking to like articulating decisions and rationale even outside of maybe the interview process and maybe those mm-hmm. go, go hand in hand. So yeah, we'll make sure we talk about each of those as we go through today. So I guess we'll start with the intro one where it was more around like the interview questions themselves and how to, to go through the storytelling aspect. I guess the, the real the real focus is around like, how do you answer these behavioral questions as a designer? Because no matter where you interview, there's going to be some type of behavioral question trying to gauge interpersonal skills, how you worked with a team, and then how you kind of solved problems. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a number of ways to go about this and storytelling might even be one aspect that we talked to in here. But 
when, when you're looking at um, interviews, like what we mean by behavioral questions is there's always a question, almost a majority of your, your interview is going to be behavioral questions, but there's always questions like, oh, tell me about a time where you did this. What happened? Yeah. What was the approach? <laughs> Those kind of things. So a good example, I think we could start with is one about, especially with designers is like, oh, tell me a time where you had to balance fighting for like the design versus a, a tight timeline you know, or shipping on a, on a tight deadline. Um, that's something that you hear all the time, but that's just mm-hmm. one example of a question. When you're looking at questions like that, Kaylin, like how do you normally structure your answers or start answering a question like that? You know, I always like to, well, first of all, I do a lot of prep beforehand. You know, I, okay. think, I do think it's important to like sort of try and take the time before any interview to make sure you, you know, brushed up on sort of the different stories you want to tell. Right. Um, I think, for any interview that I'm going into that I'm, you know, really serious about, it's usually based around like six or seven different um, projects or, you know, different work that I've done and trying to figure out what is it about that story that can speak to something that I know someone, that I know they want to ask questions about. So in the specific instance of something like that, um, where it's, you know, how do you trade one thing off versus the other? It's um, trying to talk about how I've done it in my process. So in the one particular example, I had a site I did where about two days before we were supposed to uh, <laughs> present to our client, we had to completely come up with a brand new design. Normally, my process starts deep in research. So I would gone through and done like yeah, just done all kinds of research or whatever. But it was like, we didn't have time for that. We're just going to work off the old data. What else are we doing? Well, just start sketching. And so I did, you know, put pen to paper and just was trying to come up with new things, think of some different ideas and try, you know, things that I kind of left on the cutting room floor before and seeing what we could make work with that. After going through that, normally it's moving to wireframes, but we ain't got time for that. So I just took it to my graphic designer and sat down with them and just got right. a whole print out. Just started iter- testing it and iterating through. Yeah. And so, you know, a lot around those kinds of questions is uh, just trying to say how you can move through it. Um, right. That's usually how my answers go for something like that, though. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think like one of the things that I normally talk about when I'm talking to people about this is like, and you, you just step through it, but people want to know the nitty gritty of it. And they want to know like what parts of the process were you able to cut out and why? Because there's parts of the process that you chose that were like important. You were like, hey, I really mm-hmm. need to do sketching, mm-hmm. right? And so I sketched and iterated quickly because we didn't have time. And then you're like, oh, I skipped wireframing because you essentially did that step in sketching and you didn't have time to go digital wireframes. You're like, hey, I'm just going to do sketching and then just go straight to high fidelity. Mm -hmm. The thing about design is like you have a process and you have this toolkit that you can elect to pick different tools from at each time. It's not that you're going to use all of them at every given time. You adapt the process to the timeline. And so just listening to your answer like that, like I can understand that you have a grasp of the design toolkit and you know how to adapt it to to meet those deadlines. That's essentially Mm -hmm. what we're looking for in that situation. Mm -hmm. And then we're also looking to like how you work with people. And you just mentioned like, oh yeah, I did this part and I went and worked with this other dude on this thing because I just didn't have time to to even think about this. You know, so that makes a lot of sense. You're kind of going through that star format. Kind of explain to me what that is and and how you walk through that. Yeah, so for me, I spend a lot, like I said, spend a lot of time trying to prep for my interviews and just thinking through the different questions. And so part of that is for each one of those projects Projects, I am writing things down in star format. Star format is a situation, task, actions, and results. That is the main rubric you want to follow where just like you need a one 
at most two words intro sentence to sort of right. just set up where like what's happening. And it's like we were doing this project for this client. You know, the project was based around this sort of thing. Uh, what was your task? What was the thing that wrong that you had to fix? Uh, what right. was the thing that you had to create? We had to make a site that did this sort of thing in this sort of timeline with this sort of metric. Right. So then your actions are just a list of everything that you personally did during right. this project. So don't worry about like, oh, you know, I did this, but you know, the PNs were over here and they were really building that part out. And the <laughs> right. visual designer was like really built. It's like, no one cares about them. This right. is about them. You like, we're not interviewing them. We're interviewing right, them. Right. <laughs> right. That's so, super important. Yeah. Right. And, Cause we talked about this, you know, last week too, where it's like, it's really hard to get out of that. Like we sort of narrative thing that you do just cause you want to like, include the people you work with. But right. when, when you're interviewing, you know, there's an I in interview. <laughs> <laughs> like, there ain't no way. team in interview. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. It starts with an I. <laughs> I did this. <laughs> so, um, you need so, that printed on a poster. <laughs> <laughs> that's going on the t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> your interviewing jersey. Exactly. I did this. this interview starts I. with an I. <laughs> so yeah, your actions is just like everything that you did and talk about in don't talk about it in like great detail, but just give enough to give like context for what you did and maybe why. And then once you get to the results, that's like your next longest section, basically, where you're right. just like, so because of all the things that I did here, you know, we were able to like deliver something that was on target. Uh, we met these metrics and we had these metrics to prove it. You know, we had this hunch and this was, you know, a confirmation of that through this project. I learned and grew in this way as a designer right uh, and it's like if you answer your every one of these questions like that i swear you will never get turned down for an interview yeah, exactly <laughs> i mean the thing that's interesting about what you're explaining is this is literally the exact same setup as your case studies so like if you know yes. how to set up a case study and you went through that process for setting up your portfolio it's mm -hmm. the same. Like uh, you don't have to follow the very strict like or specific star format, but that's what you're doing right. with your case study. It's you have a challenge. You have like, here's your process, which are your actions, right? The challenge mm -hmm. is your task. Mm -hmm. The process is your actions. The metrics and impact are your result, right? It's the same thing. And so like the situation is normally set up with like an overview or something, right? On your case study. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of the things um, in the interview process is you're really just reiterating your case study in more detail. And yes. so if you actually know your case study and you kind of set it up in a way that it already has natural storytelling, you're kind of just retelling it in a way that gives more detail into like how you worked with people or like specifics of the project. Right, right. right. So it shouldn't be this like net new information. It should almost be like you you already had all this information. You had the 80% on your case study and you're just adding that extra 20% to this interview process. And sometimes you're not telling anything new. You're just like rephrasing it. Right. Sometimes it's filling in the gaps and other times it's just a transformer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just repackaging uh, it. Right, right. And that's what branding's about, kids. Right. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I always thought that like the best portfolios are the ones that can have that storytelling format. And right. So, you know, the story you're telling is how this product came to be and why. It's funny just because, you know, when we used to do like film stuff together, it's like we would write stuff where it's like, 
you got to think about character development. And it's right. Like, think about character development for a product and a bit. Yeah, for same idea, right? It's like, yeah, it's like, what? How did this? What's, what's the coming of age story of this <laughs> right. of this product? Yeah. Right. Where you know, where's your like Kirsten Dunst, Michael Sarah moment or something? <laughs> Say on some bridge as the sun sets. I don't know. Whatever. I, I think writing stories allows you, for me in particular, just got me in that sort of uh, headspace of being able to write for this. Right. I think that makes a lot of sense. And that's a good analogy because like the way I normally look at it, every, every like real storytelling process kind of goes back to that same structure. It's like, Mm -hmm. oh, you have that three act structure. It's like you have, yeah, you have like some setup, you have a climax and you have a resolution. And Mm -hmm. so like, if you don't want to look at it from the star perspective, you can look at it from that three act perspective and it's the exact same thing, right? It's like, Hey, you have some setup, you have a climax and you have a resolution. And for me, I'm actually the opposite of you. Like if I go in and I prep for something, I'll overdo it, not over prepare, not over index on certain things. Like I feel like people, yeah, and I'm like, I feel like people, some people just have different abilities. I think sometimes I'm, I'm better off naturally storytelling if I'm just like not pre-preparing. So I'll go in and just, in, in my presentation notes, I'll just go in and write one words everywhere. And like, there's just trigger words. I'll write, like, I know that the same kind of formats that they're looking for. Like, oh, what are the situations? What are the tasks? What are those setup pieces? And so if I know like, oh, the challenge is we had three days to do this thing, I'll just write three days in the sentence. Because if I put too much into the notes or I put too much prep into it, it's not going to come out naturally for me. I'm going to start reading or I'm going to start doing other things where I'm like, oh, I really just need to hit the point that this is three days here. Right. Then I'll just put that in the presenter notes and I'll say however I would naturally do it. So I think a lot of it too is around like, you want to naturally tell the story. You don't want to read it off of a script. You want to perform it. It's no different than if we go back to the filmmaking thing, actors are not reading their lines, right? They're performing them. So like you don't have to memorize your presentation. You just need like keys to deliver it correctly. Yeah. And I think the preparation is really just like trying to know my story in and out. Right. Right. It's like, it's not that you need to write yourself a script to just like memorize all these things. If there are a couple like really, you know, good lines that you have, like yeah, sure, yeah. write that down right. and just like, I have my interview playbook basically. Sure, right. So it's like, you know, these are the things I'm just like, okay, yeah, that's the thing I need to say about that. But it should be sort of something that can just roll off naturally into the point when you like memorized it, it will. When you tell stories to people, you just like, you don't, you memorize the like key bits of it. You don't, right. memor- you don't memorize like every single word of how you tell the story. Yeah. And the thing I always say too, is I'm like, if you did the work, you know, the work, you don't have to do a lot of prep over the work. There you you're go. Really, I think what you're really getting at too, is like, you're prepping the story, not like the background of the work. And so right. Like, right. That's what I'm getting at too, is I'm like, I don't do a lot of preparation because I know if I do, it'll over roboticize the story. But like the things I'm looking into are not the work elements. It's the stuff around the work. Like, oh, Mm -hmm. I want to communicate these points about the challenge of the people or whatever. But like, I don't, I think people will double down on like, oh, I'm going to talk about my wireframes and how I did these. Like you could literally just say I did wireframes, (laughs) you know, I'm like, nobody's really going to care that much. They might ask you a couple follow-ups. Like, why'd you choose to do wireframes? Or like, Mm -hmm. how long did this part of the process take? But it's not going to be a lot around the execution of specific tasks, you know? And I think, you know, for myself, I am someone who just like will go into the inane details of things. And like, right. uh, so it's like, it helps me when I write it out. And then I'm like, that's not actually relevant to the story. <laughs> 
like that's something right it's like these are just like fluff things like just extra stuff and if they ask me about this during the interview i can talk about it but like that that doesn't belong just tell them it's like i did wireframes i did you know user interviews we had uh whatever sort of user testing pro or like based on a prototype that we made right but just keep moving and it still follows the same rules of filmmaking again it's like Mm -hmm. if you watch a film a three-hour film only has like a hundred pages of, of a script or I think that it was like, what it's about a minute, a page, yeah, a minute, a page. Right. So it could be like 120, 180. Right. I doubt it. I bet it would be smaller or shorter. Cause like if right. you go watch the infinity war, it's a pretty long movie, but there's not many lines said. So essentially what I'm getting at though, is like you should show more than you should tell. Yes. And so like your, your script should be more minimal than what you're presenting. It should be a lot more of showing than telling. So in the situation where you're saying, oh, I did wireframes, we should be seeing them. You don't need to sit there and explain to me all the details of them. Um, I could see them on the, on the screen. You know? right. So I think uh, kind of one of the points, kind of making a quick pivot here, you mentioned like results and impact mm-hmm. at the end as well. And I see like when I've met with or mentored like younger designers or more junior designers that are coming up, this is where they have the this, this struggle. Because mm-hmm. they're like, oh, I didn't launch it. I don't know what the metrics or the results are. And I'm like, really what you're getting at is you can have a number of different results that have nothing to do with like a direct metric. So right. for instance, if you're in that situation where you're like, hey, what was the result of my design? You might not have tested it. You might have tested it. You might not have launched it. You might have launched it. If you didn't test it or you didn't launch it, what you could say is, hey, I had some initial research data. Mm-hmm. I performed these actions to execute on that information. Mm-hmm. And this is the result was I did a design that I think achieves these goals. I would then go and do this type of testing to mm-hmm. validate it. So really what we're getting at is what did you do? Why do you think what you you did is accurate or good enough? And then what would you do next, right? So like mm-hmm. essentially I've seen this uh, a lot too is you don't have to quantify everything but you need rationale yes. for things. So you just need to be explaining your rationale for why you made the decisions and then tell us like what you would do in the ideal scenario. That's what I think is really important as well. Ideally, you'd be able to test it too and you'd be like, hey, yeah, I, I saw that the difference from early on, our, our goal was to speed up the checkout process and it went from being three minutes to two minutes. Great. You know, like then you could have a quantifiable metric. But mm-hmm. if you don't, you could say, hey, I use these design principles to eliminate these pages or these interactions or this many steps and redundancies. Yeah. These redundancies. And I believe now that my hypothesis would be, this is faster, but you're really just trying to tie back your rationale Mm -hmm. to the goals, Mm -hmm. your business goals and your user goals. So like same thing that you said earlier, whatever your task was or your situation, you're just tying back what your design did in the results area to whatever those goals were. And it doesn't matter how far you got, as long as you can say like, Hey, this design impacted those based on numbers or based on hypotheses. Right. It's like, look, this isn't a Donald Glover script. All right. You got to (laughs) answer those questions. You start at the beginning. Don't just Just go trailing off. That's M. Night Shyamalan. That's a whole second movie. Whenever you you get to the end, it's not even the same movie anymore. Uh, just like, wait, where did we go? I thought we were in like a cornfield. Hold on. I can definitely critique Guava Island. That's that's a whole other thing. That's if you a, want to go back to that's a music video movie. I didn't know what I was watching. I <laughs> it, it took me a minute before I was like, oh, we're just, this is just music videos. Okay. Yeah. I was like, okay. I'm fine with this now. Yeah, no, I'm exactly. just like, I'm good. I was just like, I was expecting more from it. I'm like, okay, I thought it was a no. movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I thought it was a real, like, real movie. And it, was, <laughs> it wasn't. But you know what? That's okay. I it's liked fine. it. <laughs> it's fine. 
There's no result, but they had the other parts of it. <laughs> Just a situation and some actions, but yeah, no exactly. real task. There wasn't many tasks. <laughs> that might be a no hire. <laughs> uh, that's a pass. Uh, yeah, exactly. Right. Not you know the bar raisers just are like he has talent, but he has talent. Yeah, we'll, we'll see him in a year. <laughs> okay. Uh, Speaking of that, yeah, we could probably move on to the storytelling elements. I think we kind of talked a bit about it. I, I think we kind of free flow a lot on the question, so maybe we need to structure these a little bit more. But, <laughs> well, um, I think like this particular one, like when you're yeah. really looking at behavioral questions, answering them and, and storytelling are one and the same. I don't see a, a separation. I think that's what's clear here is like if you're going to yeah. answer a situational or a behavioral question, you're really just using the same storytelling process again. There you go. That's it. That's the tagline, man. <laughs> <laughs> you have a, the same process across the entirety of your presentations, regardless of if it's early on in the phone screen, setting up your case study or presenting your presentation in the interview, you're still going to be using the same kind of storytelling format, even when you're answering these behavioral questions. That's all behavioral question is. It's just what <laughs> right. your behavior It was like, what did you do? And you got to be able to tell that story. Right. Now, the way you tell that story might be different for a job interview. And the fact that it's really about what you individually did for something, right. and how that would you know contributed to something and just like building on it from that sense. But in the same sense, it is just a story that you're telling people. Yeah, totally. And I I think like designers have a leg up here because everyone kind of has to fall into this like situational or behavioral type of mm -hmm. storytelling environment when they're interviewing, but we already had to do it for other types of things. So I think we're already kind of pre-prepared with something to, to start telling the, right. so, the stories to these questions later right. on anyway. If, if you've got pieces for your portfolio, you've already got stories for your behaviorals. Right, exactly. You're good to go. So yeah, there that makes go. sense. <laughs> sweet. That's probably it for today. And I think we'll just keep it short and sweet. Thanks for joining us, guys. So we really appreciate all of your views. If you got any questions that you'd like to ask and have an answer, please feel free to send that to us. You know, yeah, throw that type it in the comments. Throw it in the DMs, you know, <laughs> slide it through. Yeah, we could probably, we'll answer comments for sure. Any questions you guys have, and we might even make complete podcasts or videos out of these. So feel free to, to leave anything. And I think like, I think what we're saying is probably the next week or the next few weeks, we'll keep going down this path around what it means to like present and presentation skills and things like that. And then, then we might even take a step back and look at it outside of the interviewing process where it really, what does it mean to articulate your design decisions, articulate right. your rationale, right. both in your case studies and an interview and even like day to day. So that'll probably be the next few weeks. Um, so feel free to, to tune in for those as well. If you have any questions or comments that might help fuel those particular podcasts, definitely leave those in the comments. We'll yeah. address them. We're planning out a few other things. So, you know, anything you got design related, let us know. We're looking for all, all types of input because uh, we want to make sure that we're answering and speaking to the things that the, the people are asking about. <laughs> right. um, yeah. So, and also so clickety-clack on that uh, subscribe button while you're at it. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. We'll catch you later. See ya.